students, you're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. How are you, Brother Wing? Doing great. You know, Brother Wing, I'll tell you what. Um, you, you're just, I, I, as I think about the Mount Rushmore of people in my life, like the most influential people in my life, there's, there's first my dad, he's up there, um, President Hinckley. He's one on the Mount Rushmore. Bryce Harper. Uh, and Colonel Sanders, actually of <clears throat> KFC fame. And uh, and you. I mean, if you talk about people, uh, if you talk about the most influential people in my life, there they are right there. I mean, by far. Right. I mean, don't you think uh, that's a that's a that's my Mount Rushmore there. What do you I'm think up about there that? With Colonel Sanders. Yeah. With Colonel, Colonel. Well, you're like fourth. Like Colonel Sanders, it's third. Oh, he's still ahead. You're fourth, but you're yeah. still up there. I mean, they're just, I mean, it's, it's right there. You know, of, of my Mount Rushmore, unfortunately, Mount Rushmore's, uh, they only have four people on there. And the probably the most important person uh, that ha- has the most influence in all of our lives that that maybe sometimes we forget because it's so easy to focus on on people in our lives is is our heavenly father right it's god and so i think it'll be interesting one day when we die well it'll be interesting when we die i mean depending on how you die will depend on how interesting it is when you die but i think it'll be interesting to see how much influence god had in our lives that maybe we didn't recognize at the time because we were we're be so busy being influenced by cool people and weird people all at the same time. So I think this is a it's a it's a topic that Paul addresses as you know who is who is really influencing you? Who who is it that really is blessing you? Is it the people you know or is it your father that lives in heaven? So what can we learn in 1 Corinthians about that question? After Paul taught in chapter two about learning things by the spirit and spiritually discerning things um, and the great things that God could provide if we were open to that form of communication, he then kind of kind of exposes where they're actually at. In chapter three, he says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal or kind of a worldly way of talking, even even as unto babes in Christ, like almost implying that they're on a very low level spiritually in what they can process and discern and where they're at in their, in their openness uh, to God's voice. And so he talks about giving them milk before meat. In other words, like this is kind of lower level spiritual talk because they're not ready for higher things because their, their minds are in a worldly uh, way of thinking uh, because of envying stripes and divisions, you know? And so they're, they're focused on worldliness and they're focused on people. And then he explains that like, even in a spiritual context, they were almost bragging about like, well, I'm a, I'm of Paul or I'm of Apollos, both church leaders, you know? (laughs) So it's kind of weird to be like, I don't agree with this apostle, but I like this guy instead. (laughs) And, uh, and so then they're, they're creating these divisions that, that even Paul and Apollos didn't have between each other. And, and then Paul makes this great, like little verse, but it's, it's really powerful. He says, 
I did, you know, it's like he implies I did some work and Apollos did some other work. So the way he says it is, I have planted, Apollos watered. And so he's like, we had different roles in the process here, but we're we're actually in harmony, even though we did different things. He goes, but God gave the increase. Like the power of all of this process uh, comes from God. And that's where I think he exposes the, the, the real problem of these people, that they were focused on men, but not on God. They missed right. the mark, and therefore they were way off track and starting to get even worse and further off track. Um, by not putting the attention back where it should be on God. So when Paul says in in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, I have planted Apollos, who is another missionary, has watered, but God gave the increase. The reality is, is, is God can, um, can make something grow uh, without having it, what, can make a seed grow uh, fruit without it being put in the ground or even watered. He can he can figure out a way to make that happen. However, so then I guess my my question then for you, brother Wing, is why does he involve Paul and Apollos? Why, why if it's just going to make people confuse who they should uh, where their loyalty should lie? Why does why does God have us help him with his work if he can do it by himself? Yeah, he's he's building and developing and helping all of us grow. And so he's going to use us as laborers in his kingdom. He's going to work through prophets and they're going to have experiences of their own as they continue to learn more about him. As yeah. He's teaching us about him. He's teaching us about how to be like him. And so he graciously, patiently, <laughs> uh, and but, but also powerfully uh, gives <laughs> us experiences so that we can learn how to be more like him. And Paul's learning it. Apollos is learning it. And these people are learning it um, on their level. And so there's a lot of great applications with this principle that Paul's teaching to say, don't focus so much on us, you know, the church leaders or don't, you know, but the whole point is, is God. And so I think, you know, I don't want to um, over speak here, but I want to just kind of give some ideas about how this principle could be applied because I've, you know, there's been times where people have gone to church and they were offended. And so they went, yeah. they quit going to church. And I very sympathetic to that because when you're offended by someone, especially if someone was like super rude to you, I mean, it's just, that's never a comfortable experience. And so sure. especially uncomfortable if you're in a, at church and you're trying to go closer to God and yet someone was super, super mean. So I'm sensitive to that situation. But yet if that caused someone to then quit going to church, right? to me, that's a, that's the same violation here that Paul's talking about. They missed the mark. They were focused mm -hmm. more on people rather than on God. And if they would focus more on God, they may be able to overcome this unfair thing that happened to them um, and stay stay committed to the actual purpose of going to church, which is to worship God and renew covenants with him. And so you know, another, to that, oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just say to that point, it's interesting, just the structure of the church, right? That we go to well, YSAs get to go wherever they want, but uh, in a family ward, you go to church uh, geographically, right? You, so your ward has geographic boundaries. Um, that's pretty unique. That's not, I don't know any other church that does it that way. Most of the time people go church shopping, right? You go to the place where you like the people the most, but in the Lord's church, we go geographically, right? So we learn to 
to deal with maybe a, a bishop who he thinks a little bit weird or a young women's president or a young men's president that's kind of gruff and sometimes offensive. And and we're practicing living with people, but hopefully being focused on God. We don't go to church because it's the coolest. We don't go to our ward because it's the coolest ward around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, another, it's a, it's a great example because another one that's pretty common is like, well, what if, what if it's really boring in sacrament meeting, <laughs> you know, yeah. talks aren't really interesting or they're not well delivered or whatever. And that's the same thing here. Maybe we're just in that case, we're a little, a little over-focused on men and a little under-focused on God and the purpose yeah. of being here. And so, um, and you know, there's a, you know, people, church leaders might make a mistake, you know, and then you kind of overjudge that and be like, how can this church be true if, you know, the bishop swears, you know, and so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, look, let's focus on the Lord. And yeah, there's imperfect people all up and down this church. In fact, 100% of them <laughs> are imperfect. <laughs> and yet, miraculously, God gives the increase. Like this thing just keeps moving forward. And by your fruits, you shall know them. You can see that this church produces good fruit. Um, in spite of the imperfect people that are all up and down it. And so I think um, Jacob chapter four is another great place to look at on this, where he even uses that phrase that the, that they um, missed the mark, the Jews missed the mark. And that as we focus on the savior and put our attention there and our, our understanding of him, um, we are better able to discern truth from error and better able to, um, forgive and work with and overcome some of the challenges of relationships with other people and, and them with us. And right. so it's all a focus on the savior that solves these issues. Awesome. Excellent. Students. Thanks for listening to this episode of answers to gospel questions. Brother wing when's Institute starting there in Fayetteville. Oh, we, we started on August 21st. And oh, you did. Oh, we're, we're up and rolling. We've got nice. classes in the daytime. We have a big class on Thursdays at seven o'clock. We call it catch this is a crazy title of a class. We call it Bible study. <laughs> oh, what do you do in that class? <laughs> we do that every Thursdays at seven o'clock. And we even have dinner before Bible study. So Luckies. We, feast, we feast on some great food and then we feast on the scriptures. That's awesome. Excellent. All right, students, get into an institute class. We love your guts. Stay righteous. Mm -hmm.